welcome to the Sports Fathers, episode 45, recorded on June the 3rd, 2015, Playoff Superstitions. In this episode, we talk about the NHL playoffs, the conference finals. Is it bad luck to touch the conference trophies? We recap some CFL rule changes, and we make our predictions for the Stanley Cup. All that and more, next. Hello and happy June. We are back for another episode of the Sports Fathers. I'm Father Daryl in Watson, Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, and it's been a little while since we've recorded one of these. I know Father Kyle Sanders and seminarian Zach Tucker have done a few episodes of Soccer Trunks. Uh, go to the sportsfathers.com and check those out. They are hilarious. And uh, they actually did a really good uh, kind of analysis of the FIFA scandals that have happened lately so uh, check that out their latest episode it's over at the sportsfathers.com i have been away i was out of the country for a bit and now i'm getting ready to move to a different parish and so it's been a a busy last few weeks but uh, those of you who listen to this podcast would probably think well what on earth is new there (laughs) so uh, that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Joining me today, I've got Father Andrew Schoenberger in Cold Lake, Alberta. Hello, Father Andrew. Hello, Father Daryl. So, yeah, when you're not recording the Sports Fathers, you're out on Sirius XM Radio. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. I was uh, joining uh, a group of uh, Catholic Channel listeners and Lino Rulli in Italy, of all places, in, in mid-May, and that was a lot of fun ton of fun it, it did mean that i missed uh, a good chunk of the playoffs unfortunately unfortunately i missed the last game of the calgary flames it was so sad so very very sad my, my flames lost yeah you you, you missed the the flames you know die out yeah it's so sad oh Smoker. my goodness yeah i uh, I, I missed English. it the, the good thing is i didn't hear about it until well after the fact so i didn't see the fact that they lost in overtime. I just heard about it after the fact because the time changed there. I wasn't, I wasn't waking up at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever to watch or to listen to hockey. <laughs> it's just not the and kind not? of thing. I thought you were like this avid flames fan. I am. I needed sleep. The red eye flight, uh, kind of knocked me out a bit. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about hockey though. We got a bit of, of, uh, of stuff that that happened here. Now we're not going to recap it all. I'm I'm assuming our listeners have mostly watched it or they can head over to nhl.com and and read the recaps. Uh, there's not a whole lot I can add to it except, you know, the Rangers Tampa Bay, the conference uh, the Eastern oh, there's my dog making her presence known. The Eastern Conference final uh both both series actually went to 7 games. I found that the uh the Tampa Bay Rangers series was very streaky. You know, like like some there were there were games where Tampa played amazing. Like I believe it was game two, they won six to two. Stamco showed up. Ben Bishop did awesome. But then of course New York had a few games where they scored tons of goals and they played awesome. So and then at the the game seven, the New York Rangers at home basically I didn't think they really showed up. And Tampa won that one in seven. Did you catch any of these games or are you you pretty busy? Uh, I didn't catch any of them, and uh, yeah, I haven't had TV for over a year. So, <laughs> so this is great sports analysis from from the sports fathers, or more correctly, I haven't had uh, t- 
TV since November. So I just before the Grey Cup, unfortunately. Yes. Hey, but you know what? If you have high speed internet and you are in Canada, I believe CBCSports.ca will be broadcasting the entirety of the Stanley Cup Finals online. That's so good you to can, know. You can, uh, I believe they've been advertising that, so you can uh, check that out. Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals, Chicago versus Tampa Bay Lightning, will be this evening, this Wednesday evening. June the 3rd. And then they don't play again until Saturday. I mean, it's a long layoff. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but getting back so, to the... Uh, yep, sorry. But, but talk, going back to the Stanley Cup final, I just want to ask you, Father Daryl, you must be cheering for Tampa Bay, right? No. <laughs> so let's just get back to, back to the conference finals because this ties in. The Western Conference, of course, had Chicago versus Anaheim. Now, Anaheim was the team that took out my beloved Flames. So I'm cheering for Chicago, even though that, that Chelsea dagger goal, they, or a song that they play every time Chicago scores, it drives me nuts. It, it gets into my head and I, I just hate that song. Anyway, <laughs> I'm cheering for Chicago because they beat the Anaheim Ducks. They avenged the loss of the flames. So go Chicago. Uh, and then of course in the East, as you mentioned, the Tampa Bay lightning in 2004, <sighs> crushing crushing for a Calgary Flames fan they defeated the Calgary Flames in seven games in the Stanley Cup finals to win the 2004 Stanley Cup so so sad let's have a moment of silence to remember the 2004 Calgary Flames yeah no I don't think so <laughs> oh, okay fine whatever <laughs> I thought I'd just break it up because uh I don't, I don't have any, uh, I don't mourn at all for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you're an Edmonton Oilers fan. And of course the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames don't really, uh, get along. You're like oil it's and vinegar, oil and vinegar, oil and water. There's a bit of a, a rivalry going on there. <laughs> the battle of Alberta. That's what makes sports fun though. That kind of battle. I remember in 2006 when the Edmonton Oilers made the finals and it was, uh, Hey, I cheered for the Oilers that year. I, I I was a I was a I was bigger I was a bigger man. Hey, I cheer. You know what? I cheered for the Flames in two thousand four. Okay, yes, you did. It's just because I got backstabbed by Flames fans in two thousand six that I was the <laughs> sigh of relief that Tampa actually did win. I I did cheer for the Oilers in two thousand six when they also sadly lost in seven games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly all right let's let's get into a little bit about the there's one one topic i wanted to talk about with regard to the conference finals and this is like a perpetual topic it comes up every year because in the uh in the nhl in the conference finals there is a trophy for both the east and the west in the uh, west whoever wins gets the clarence campbell bowl so this was the uh, NHL president who served a couple of terms in the 1940s and the 1970s as the president of the NHL. And uh, this trophy is named in his honor, and it was first awarded in 1968. And that goes to the winner of the Western Conference, or I guess back then it would have been the Clarence Conference. And then the uh, the Prince of Wales trophy, uh, that was first awarded in 1926. It was the Campbell Conference. Yeah, Listen sorry, the, that's right, that's right, sorry. Campbell Conference, and then in the East, you got the Prince of Wales Trophy, and that was first awarded in 1926, and so that would go to the, the Eastern team. And there's there's been this kind of a thing, and I, I'm sure the superstition has come up in other sports too, I know I've seen it in football, among other things, about whether or not the team that wins the conference final 
touches or carries the trophy. You know, this kind of superstition, you know, the, the idea being that, hey, you don't want to touch this trophy because what you want is the Stanley Cup or, in, you know, Canadian football. What you want is the Grey Cup, so you don't touch the conference trophy. Uh, so be, me being a very uh, research-heavy uh, kind of guy, I've got Wikipedia loaded up here, right? That works, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Wikipedia? All right. Well, I got Wikipedia loaded up here because there's there's a little bit of a history of teams that have touched the conference final trophy versus not touched the conference final trophy and and how they ended up doing. Uh, like in 19, I found this one interesting. In 1994, the uh, that was the year the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup and they went to game seven that season. And I guess uh, Stefan Matteau ended up touching the uh, trophy with a stick before the game was played and they won. Oh, well, Hey, look at that. That's a sure win then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has tried it since I, I don't even know how he managed to get in that. I thought those things were locked up until they were needed, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I guess if you're an NHL player, you might have ways of getting into things. Um, and then we've got, uh, there was, there was one time in, I think it was about the year 2000, uh, the last time the, the New Jersey Devils won the cup, they, I guess, hoisted the trophy and carried it around and were all excited. And then they ended up winning the Stanley cup. I remember very strongly the first time the Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley cup, which I believe was 1997. They, they made a real point of, they're not touching that trophy at all. That's not the one they want. But it's almost like it's it's gotten into this total superstition thing. This year, neither team touched the trophy. Although the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, they they took a team photo around the trophy. <laughs> I don't know why you'd bother taking a team photo around the trophy. You're not going to bother touching it. Um, Tampa well, Bay, no one touched it. I think superstitions are, well, anyway, superstitions are foolish, but that's, <laughs> they have no grounding in reality or, or logic. It's just, yes. oh, oh, wait, if I touch this, I mean, <laughs> but Father Daryl, when it comes to weddings, do you find that there's any thing, such thing as superstitions? <laughs> oh, priests. Yeah. We never encounter superstitions and stuff like that. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, it's kind of a funny thing because the, uh, I mean, I'm saying this, you're, you're the liturgist of the group right here. Cause you've actually studied more liturgy than, than myself. I was going to say than any of us on the sports fathers, you study more liturgy than me. Um, but I, I from what I understand in the uh, ritual book for weddings, it does actually indicate that the bride and groom should process down the aisle together. That um, is one of the, that's one of, that's the primary suggestion. The first option. Yes. But of course, uh, in most weddings, in my experience, they don't want to see each other until that point. So I don't know if that's a superstition thing or this little small tea tradition. Well, no, the superstition is that it's bad luck to see each other before the wedding. Right. So even though the ritual kind of specifies as the first option, something totally different. Yep. But, you know, I, I don't know if it's in here. Here's 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 this thought. And I'm just kind of playing advocate here. Um, Not devil's advocate, but just general advocate for not touching the cup. What if you were to use it as a kind of a motivational tool, like, like not being superstitious about it, but just saying, I don't want to touch this cup. Cause I just don't want this cup. 
this is not the one I want. And, and using that as a motivation into the, into the Stanley Cup final round. Do you think that would be an acceptable way to go? Using it as a motivational tool? Well, that's not superstition. Right. Well, actually it is and it isn't. It's like, it's still like, okay, but sure. That's not the one we were gearing for. And let's just keep focusing on, on the main goal that this is a step on the way. Right. But it doesn't mean you can't celebrate the step, but you know, couples still celebrate their, uh, their proposal, their engagement. <laughs> Obviously that's not the end. How can you tell it's, it's getting into summertime when we got a bunch of weddings coming up as priests. <laughs> I love this. You're relating uh, the NHL Stanley Cup finals to uh, and conference finals to engagement and marriage. Well, we are the sports fathers after all. This is true. <laughs> I like it. This is good. Uh, very uh, applicable or something. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Golf clap. Okay, I'll give you a golf clap. Sure. There we go. That's good. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, this is going to be a shorter episode, uh, because you don't have much time. I don't have much time. <laughs> it's kind of the theme of this time of year right now for, for both of us, but let's get into this Stanley cup final a bit and make our, make our predictions. The other sports fathers, most of the other sports fathers also sent, uh, their predictions. So we can talk about them as well. So you've got the Chicago Blackhawks and the Tampa Bay lightning and uh, it, I, I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a pretty good series. My, 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 my gut feeling about it is that the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have been kind of streaky during, uh, during these, these playoffs. Some games they just play amazing. Their goalie, Ben Bishop, nothing gets by him. Uh, Steven Stamkos and the others, they do incredible, incredible stuff. Um, and my feeling is that the Chicago Blackhawks have been a little more consistent. So for me, I guess the question is whether that consistency and the, uh, just the, uh, the experience of the Chicago Blackhawks will win the day. Uh, just to recap where they ended up in the re- regular season, the Tampa Bay lightning were second in the Atlantic division with 108 points. And the uh, Chicago Blackhawks were third in the central division with 102 points points so i mean they're relatively close you, you got six points separating them it's mm. it's it's not huge Darryl, you you have to compare the fact that the west is a stronger conference than the east this is you know i i will agree with that too so you're saying that the 102 points of chicago was perhaps harder to get than the 108 for tampa it's it's possible yeah i, I think it's arguable yeah well this this could be uh open for comment. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, is that I don't because anyway, it's just because of the, the strengths or the weakness between the East and the West. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the experience of Chicago will play a factor. Yeah. I mean, they, and they've what they've already won the cup a couple times. They've this team, they have experience, they have talent, not that Tampa does not have talent. It does have talent, but doesn't yes. have the experience. So, I think it's going to play a factor. I don't think it's definitely, it's not a guarantee for sure, but I guess this is why they play the series. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Otherwise, just, uh, otherwise you can just uh, call it right now. <laughs> it also makes money though. This is true. Yeah. The NHL wouldn't want to give up the games. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, for me, I think 
there's there's actually a good chance I could see Ben Bishop stealing a game or two for for Tampa. And if that happened, that could get really interesting really quick. You know, he's he's a good goalie. He's a huge goalie. He's tall. I can't remember what his height is, but he's massive in the net. Hard to score on. <laughs> Big goalie who's also pretty athletic, so. Yeah. Well, you know, if you a big a big goalie who is also talented doesn't leave a lot of space to 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 pop in the puck. <laughs> nope, not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, so I think for this series, I'm going to go with Chicago, and I'm going to say Chicago in six games. Partly because I'm going to be uh, away on another trip during the first four games of the or for the games two to four in this series, and I don't want. It wanted to be a sweep because then I'll miss the last one. So, but I'm going to pick Chicago. Because that was logical. Because that's logical. Absolutely. They, they've got to they've fit with my schedule. So Chicago will win in six is my, that's my prediction. Uh, I'm also going to say, I didn't ask the other sports fathers about this, but I'm going to say if Chicago wins this series, um, that Taves has to be a lock for the con Smythe. He's just been such a leader out there. I, I that that'd be at least with what I've seen so far, be Jonathan Taves is for the Con Smythe. Um, Father Andrew, who is your pick for the Stanley Cup Finals? I think I'm going to go with Chicago as well, um, but I think I'm going to go with in seven games. All right, it's going the distance. Well, it seems that. Uh, that's what those teams like to do is to go the distance. So, <laughs> Boy, they've played a lot of hockey, these playoffs. That last series was quite something to watch. Lots of overtimes too, especially for Chicago. They've played a lot of hockey. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and I wonder if this is behind uh, Father Travis's prediction because he's picking, uh, if it goes seven games, he's picking Tampa. Oh, you, because of the youth? Well, you know, and I think there might be something to that. Just, you know, considering how much hockey Chicago's played, you know, all these overtimes and whatever, you, you almost could see Tampa, out, if they can out, if they can last, make the series last that long, that they just might have that extra jump for game seven. Playing at home too, so. Mm-hmm. And of course, the last time they won the cup, very, very sadly, um, they, they won it in seven games, so consistency, I guess. Um, Father Jeff, he uh, he went with the, the same prediction I did, Chicago in six. And then Father Corey, uh, I forgot to ask him how many games he wanted, and he's on an airplane right now, so I can't exactly ask him right now, but he picked Chicago. Um, but I'm going to try something here, because we always do this, this pick with uh, Chloe, my dog, and this time, I'm, usually it's it's like this cheesy sort of a thing where uh, <laughs> I actually uh, get it. I, I flip a coin on her behalf, and that's her pick. But I've got this thing set up, and I'm I'm, I'm recording. I'm uh, I'm going to be recording video of this. Uh, so if you go to thesportsfathers.com, it'll be uh, posted there. You'll be able to see this thing. Uh, you're also uh, able to see <laughs> my my messy office right now. I'm beginning some initial uh, stages of packing, and so the floor is a total pigsty right now. <laughs> but what I'm going to be doing here is I've got these uh, these two uh, these two uh, 
pieces of paper, one labeled Chicago, one labeled Anaheim, and they are on the floor. And I'm just going to run over and I'm going to put some treats in front of either one of them. And then I'm going to get Chloe to go and pick. So uh, just just indulge me for a moment. Uh, I'm going to maybe put on a little bit of music here just to to have something going on. Uh, Something sounding somewhat epic. How about that? We'll do that. All right, so I'm uh, just going to go over and I'm going to put this uh, these treats down. <laughs> and Chloe wanted to reach them right away. All right, so Chloe, are you ready to go? Okay, go get your treat. And look at that, Chloe. Chloe picks Chicago. The Chicago Blackhawks are Chloe's Stanley Cup champion. Is that epic enough for you? Well. And now she's going for the uh, the other treat pretty quickly here. So that'll be, uh, yeah, there we go. She's going for the other one. So Tampa is <laughs> also going to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> there you go. I guess I put the uh, left both treats on the floor. <laughs> She's enjoying this anyway. She probably wishes she could uh, choose like this more often, especially for the uh, first round, eight series. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, let's, let's shut this music off. <laughs> it sounds very epic, but anyway. So we'll see how that, see how it turns out. Hopefully it'll be an exciting series. Yes. Here's hoping. Did, uh, I guess maybe, do we want to just quickly talk about the CFL? Just uh, Did you guys talk about the rule changes? We haven't really talked about the rule changes yet. So uh, can you recap what those rule changes are? Well, um, anyway, my understanding of the rule changes is that now they're changing the convert, the single point convert after a touchdown from kicking it from the 12-yard line and now turning from the 32-yard line. Because I guess the comment was about 94.4% of kicks from the, for the single point Following right. touchdown were successful, so it was almost a guarantee. Whereas field goal attempts from the thirty-one to thirty-three yard line were about eighty-one percent successful. So it's to try right. to make it a little less um, obvious. Also, right. So what they're what they're, they're doing is like normally the ball would be placed on the five, and then you hike it back seven yards for the kick, right? So I think they're right. they're moving it back to the twenty-five yard line. You hike it back seven. That kick from the thirty-two. Yeah. And then what they're going to do is they're moving the two point convert starting at the five yard line to the three yard line. So that, so now it's going to be a bit more, do you go for the one single? Do you go for the double? Yeah. So, so that's going to be interesting there too. I believe there's, there's also a rule regarding, um, here we go. Uh, oh, no yards penalty is going to be after the return. Like, like if the five yard penalty will be given after the return, not just yes. at the point of, of catch. So, so just, just to recap what that is. So in the CFL, um, basically when, when there's a punt or a kick of some sort, the, uh, the team that's kicking the ball has to give the receiver five, a five yard bubble until they catch or touch the ball. And if you don't give them that five yard bubble, then you get a no yards penalty. So if, if the, uh, the kicking team gets within that five yard bu- bubble and the ball is still in the air to be caught. That's a 15 yard penalty. If, if the ball's bouncing around and they go within the five yards, then it's a five yard penalty. So you're saying that that will be applied after the return rather than yeah, replacing so, the return. So basically what I understand is that, um, 
that it, well, anyway, I'm just reading this from CFL.ca, but the rules committee recommended that on a punt play that the ball bounces on the ground, okay, and then the five-yard, no-yards penalty is called, the penalty will automatically be added to the end of the return or from the point the ball was first touched by the return team, whichever one's better. Right. So if he ended up running backwards, it would be five yards from where he caught it or from where he got the ball. Otherwise, if he could make some forward progression, it would be five yards from there. Right, because right now, or at least at what the way it has been, is that you could decline the penalty if your return was greater than five yards. That's correct. Yeah. So now, if you run it back ten, you don't have to decline the penalty. You take the penalty, and you got you know basically fifteen yards. That's right. Exactly. Um, there's also um, going to be changes now. I'm not fully caught up on what they are exactly, but regarding the the rules between pass interference and to the contact between a receiver and yes. and a defensive back. A defensive back can only touch them within like five yards of the line of scrimmage. After that, they can't. Yes. Now, and they, can't, so they, can't, they can't just make a collision. They're going to have to run with them. Yeah. And, you know, I that one I could see being uh, taking a few games to for the players to get used to that one. I, I am guessing there might be a lot of penalties early on in the season as the players adjust to that one. That's what's being expected there. And uh, because I was just reading about how, like, well, of course I'm following the Eskimos, how the Eskimos are, are trying to adjust to that. And yeah. how, uh, I guess Chris Jones is saying, telling them during stop. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in some ways it will be easier. I think for the, uh, <laughs> my dog shaking her head at it again. It will be easier for the officials, I think, to figure that one out. Because one of the the challenges, the criticisms of the officiating the last few years, is that uh, pass interference was always so much of a judgment call. You know, how much hand fighting do you allow? How much contact do you allow? Mm-hmm. And now just saying you, you're not allowed any contact, so it kind of eliminates that judgment element of it. If you see contact, you throw the flag. So. In some ways, it'll probably make it a little easier for the officials, especially once the players adjust to it. But it's but it's going to be for both of them though too, because it basically it says like the reading the wording it says it will allow a defensive player to contact a receiver that is in front of him within five yards of the line of scrimmage, but it will not allow either player to create or initiate contact that impedes or redirects an opponent beyond five yards. Right. So the receiver can't push off of the defensive player and get separation anymore. Mm-hmm. Which I think it, that that sometimes gets called, sometimes not. It depends what the ref sees, but yeah, it'll, that'll be interesting. I know uh, I, I saw an interview with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback, Darian Durant. He's excited about that rule change. <laughs> he figures it'll it'll help the, the offense perform a lot better. Oh yeah, well that was part of the part of the rationale behind the new rules. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm a little surprised that they've just instituted these rules without having really tried them first. Like I, I thought you would, especially the, the one about the converts, it might be kind of something kind of neat to try in the uh, preseason just to see how it goes. Well, some of them have, uh, I guess were tried in the United States already. Oh, I'm not really... like arena so, football or something. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I don't know. But We'll see. I guess it'll also be interesting because there's going to be a lot more uh, call for maybe a two two point converts though. Yeah. Well, that the exciting plays for sure. So, I mean, I'm I, I'm actually kind of excited to see it. I'm just surprised they they just brought them in without 
trying him first in the CFL, at least in preseason or something. But anyway. Yeah, I guess it would be hard, though. You're trying to get them to adjust to, to play with these new rules, which they're, and then and then go to the regular season where they're going to be playing with the old rules. <laughs> I guess that's fair, too. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. no. So you either go all the way or you don't go at all. I guess. Well, we'll find out how it goes, I suppose. This should be an entertaining season. I mean, I love Canadian football, obviously, as do you. And then, and then, of course, uh, I mean, I guess to go back to the NFL, the NHL, just for uh, just a, I guess, a closing thought. It's interesting how the Calgary Flames lost in the playoffs, but the Oilers won, getting the first overall pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, but as if that's helped the Oilers much. How many? How many first overall picks have they had? Hey, <laughs> we still won the lottery. Yeah, well, whatever. We can. You got. We got. We have to. We have to celebrate in something. Well, actually, you know what? If I were an Oilers fan, and I'm not, but if I were, <laughs> I'd be more celebrating the fact that they got uh, Todd McClellan as coach. I think that that'll probably do more than anything. Well, I think that there's a lot of uh, good things that are going on. I mean, it seems like the GM change, the coaching change, the first overall pick. Of course, the first overall pick was the catalyst. I think for some of those those moves with, uh, for the coaching and the GM change, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about those, uh, off season changes, you know, like that little change that happened in uh, Toronto there where they fired everybody and then hired a, a, a relatively good coach. <laughs> One of the most winningest coaches in the last decade, Mike Babcock. Well, yeah. Well, they, they were looking at possibly for Mike Babcock for the Oilers, but then they decided to get uh, Tom McClellan because he was available and he did a great job and he already motiv- he obviously motivated Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle in the and even Ryan Nugent Hopkins for a short time there in uh, at the World Championships. Yes, the World Championships were Canada won in a dominating victory over the Russians, so very good. Well, I think that's good for an episode of <laughs> mini episode of the hey, Sports Fathers. A good mini half hour episode of the Sports Fathers, and there was, uh, and I'm sure there was much rejoicing as a result. Uh, people, people rejoicing. They're stopping talking. Yay! Yay! Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But yes, what we're also hoping to do, um, as I'm heading down to Atlanta for a conference later this week. Uh, I'll be I'll be down there with one of the other sports fathers, Father Corey Stika, and we're actually going to an Atlanta Braves game. Now get this, so there's a bunch of priests going down. We're going down uh, to watch the Padres play the Braves. Who do you think the priests should cheer for? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm cheering for the Blue Jays. So anyway, I'm hoping that we can maybe do an episode about baseball, maybe even get some audio from the game or something. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on in baseball, and I know a lot of fans of baseball, and we haven't talked about it much at all. But uh, anyway, head over to thesportsfathers.com. Leave your comments. Uh, we've got the links to Facebook and Twitter there as well. And let us know who you think will win the Stanley Cup Finals. Let us know uh, what you think about whether the uh, conference trophies should be touched or not touched. I mean, there's been some people saying that maybe even shouldn't be awarded because they're just <laughs> they're kind of placeholders. Um, and also uh, head over to iTunes and or or whatever you use to, to listen to the podcast and leave a leave a review as well. 
uh, reviews, especially positive reviews, really uh, do help uh, increase our visibility and, and help more people get to listen to the podcast. So if you feel so inclined, please head over to iTunes and uh, and leave a positive, hopefully, review. And uh, until next time, do you use Red Green's line? Keep your stick on the ice. Have a great day. Bye.